Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. Brendan Escott in today for Bob Stoffer, Hour number two of Oilers Now brought to you by Digitex. Digitex.ca, Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. Bakersfield Condors split a pair of weekend games with the Eagles in Colorado. We'll hear from head coach Colin Chalk in uh, about a half hour's time. But right now, right now, are you on Twitter? Because the internet's it's going in again on uh, Yessa Poyarvi. Where do you stand on Yessa Poyarvi? He's a guy that, if you look at the deep analytics, and some are, um, you'll find that his, I guess, expected goal share is somewhere in the 58% region, which, which is good, right? Well, obviously, you're on the ice for 58% of the goals that are scored and 42% of the time. Whatever. I mean, the, great. I watch Yessa Poyarvi play, and to me, offensively, I just don't know what it is. He doesn't pass my eye test as much as analytics darlings would have you believe that he would. So I'm going to bring aboard Reed Wilkins from Inside Sports, the Oilers Radio Network. You know him, you love him. And Reed, this is something that you and I talk off air about quite frequently. It's it's now been drawn out into the Twitterverse, and good God, once something gets there, it's going to get pulled a billion different directions. But the the Pugliarvi argument is an interesting one, and I'd love your thoughts. Is he a player that benefits in the goal share sense from playing with? Connor McDavid, or do I not give him enough credit because I watch him flub pucks and miss golden chances a lot? Well, first of all, Brendan, thanks for having me on the show. Of course, my pleasure. Uh, look, I'm going to give you my scouting report of Jesse Pugliarvi. If someone said to me, you know, I haven't seen the guy play very much, uh, what can you tell me about him? And I, I'm going to base this on two things. First of all, my own observations for seeing him ever since he came into the NHL. And I'm also going to base this on things I have heard repeatedly, some some themes that I've heard over and over again from people who I trust, some of them who have played in the NHL or who scout players in the NHL. Uh, as you know, I, I don't spend a lot of time on Twitter, but it was hard to avoid some of the stuff today. Mm-hmm. And as, as often happens with that, it's one extreme or the other. There's very little actual uh, logical balanced conversation about anything. <laughs> But here, here would be my scouting report of Jesse Pugliarvi. First of all, his size is a major advantage in his game. 
Uh, he skates fairly well. He you know can get from point A to point B. His his size allows him to be uh, disruptive on the forecheck because he can look like a, a freight train barreling down on a defensive player trying to handle the puck or or move the puck up the ice. So he can uh, be very disruptive on the forecheck, which is a huge plus. I think over the last season and a bit, he has improved a lot at screening the goaltender. We've seen him right in front of the net on the power play that's helped with some goals and chances throughout the season. I think his down low game has improved. I think he's more of a presence there. Uh, I think that uh, he has good enough hands to make plays in tight when he shows some patience and he shows some composure. I think his the goal he scored against Anaheim last week is a great example of that, of being able to corral the puck, use his size to shield off the defender, make a little move, and then roof the puck. That was that was a great goal. That, that, that was an awesome goal. I mean, he didn't just get the puck and uh, you know slam it into the goalie's pads. He made a play that he had to make quickly, and he had to make under pressure, and he had to make close to the net. So I, I would say that those are some of the positives for Jesse Pugliarvi. I think on the other side of the ledger, I think you find him too often reaching instead of striding through. And oftentimes, I think that is on the forecheck. I mean, yes, just his size is good that he's he's getting there. But instead of striding through the check, he sort of winds up leaning forward and fishing for the puck or, or fishing for a check with his stick, where if, if he just could have kept skating, he's probably a stride or half a stride closer to the play and maybe he's in better position to be even more disruptive than he can be at times. I, I think that posture uh, puts him off balance at times. And, uh, you know, like I said, he doesn't finish as many checks as, as perhaps that you would like him to. I think his passing requires more precision and more touch. I mean, this has happened many times throughout the year where he's treated the puck like a hot potato and immediately passed it back to the person who gave it to him. Or it happened twice in the game on Saturday, once with a cross-ice pass to Evander Kane and once with a cross-ice pass to Connor McDavid. He's putting the puck to the player it should go to. He's recognizing the play that is there that needs to be made, but he's almost firing the puck across the ice with a, with a full slap shot. It's a little And on panicky. both occasions, Kane and McDavid got the puck only if it bounced off, off the sideboards and they were able to bring it in because the pass was simply going across too hot. He does make plays, but I, I think that he needs to make even more to to be more productive in the top six and to keep more plays alive. I, I, I do think for the role he is currently playing, there are some games when too many plays die on his stick or don't advance to the level that they could have when you look at the initial attack. I think there is still some some elements of the game, like the ones I just mentioned, that are unpolished. And and still need some work. Uh, another example, and I and I know in the last couple of years he scored two or three goals going down the right side and blasting in a full slapper like he did against the Rangers back in November. He had a, a similar opportunity in the second period against uh, Colorado on on Saturday, and he took the slap shot. And but there was room to drive to the net. I, I mean that puck has to go to the net. You know the odds are of you scoring increase every foot you get closer to the net and. The bottom line is, even though he's done it a couple a couple times, you don't see a lot of Guy Lafleur slappers from the right wing go in anymore. So I, I think there are just elements to his game that he can still tweak and improve on. But again, there are a lot of good things. I, I don't think it's one extreme or the other. But if you're asking me for a complete report on that player, that is what I see. When he came back after missing those games, and he um, you know he jumped back up. I think he was originally on Dreisaitl's line and McLeod got bumped down. I asked Jay Woodcroft 
you've been having success. How come Jesse gets that spot back immediately? And Jay said he is a top six player, and we're going to put him in the top six and give him a chance to be in the top six. And I have no problem with that. I think that's fair. I do think he's a top six talent, and I do think he does a lot of things well. But if, but like every player, uh, there is room for improvement. And, and I think that if you personally, I, I think if I were to look at the team as a whole, and if I were to look at the players that play in the top six, he, there are a lot of players that there are a lot of plays that go through him that don't as as often wind up being as successful as they should. Now, sometimes they do. He makes a lot of great plays, but there are too many times he gets the puck and something almost wild or unscripted happens with it. Mm-hmm. If he improves that, I mean, he's going to get even better and he's going to be even more productive. Yeah, it's almost like when you talk about it in this whole context, as we're joined by Reed Wilkins here from uh, Inside Sports, the Oilers Radio Network as well. When you when you expand it out, I mean, obviously I need to give him a lot more credit for what he's doing to make it tough on other players in the league. What is glaringly separating him from the next echelon of NHL player is the ability to finish those those plays in net, those plays where he is, again, it's almost like he's he's panicking, he's accelerating the play in his mind, whether he's two feet in front of the net or, or whether he's got 16 more feet to creep in. It's like the, the, the timer expires too quickly sometimes. So when you see the two breakaways, let's say, that didn't get converted against Darcy Kemper, well, those are great saves by Darcy Kemper. Puck was also pretty well in the middle of the net on both of them, in my opinion. So, you know, which, which is it? Is there another? Yeah, level I, I don't for have him a, to get I don't to? have a problem with I, I don't have a problem with Puliyarvi on those two chances. What about frankly. those plays where he is? He's done so much work to park himself in front of the net, and he's got the big body, and he's got the separation, and again, he just pounds it right into the goalie's chest. I mean, I can hearken back. Yeah, well, to I those think, two, and I, but... I think that's what I'm saying. He 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 he's still somewhat unpolished. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, there's still. Um, you know, I don't know if it's just the processor. I don't know if it's uh, some form of nerves or just, you know, there, there's still, there's another level for him to hit. And see, when I say that, though, Brendan, I don't view that as like a negative, I'm blasting the guy. I, I think that's promising to say, yeah. There, there, there's another level for him to hit. I, I don't, that's not, I mean, again, people get so black and white about it. That's not me saying he's a bad player. That's me saying, you know, he does some good things. What if he can add another little element to his game? You know, like when Ryan McLeod came up last year, we said, what if he starts realizing he's fast enough to just drive the bloody net sometimes <laughs> and take the puck there? You know, he's gotten better at it. Is he perfect at it? No, but, you know, he's, he's gotten better at it. So that's positive. So I feel the same thing with, with Pugliarvi. Those two chances on the weekend, again, he was doing the right thing. He went to the net. He got the puck off his stick quickly from watching the replays a few times. I didn't think he fluffed either shot or mishit either shot. I mean, I know, uh, I think we had a caller on Saturday. He said the first one he shot back into Grubauer's body. Well, okay, but I mean, you got to get it off your stick quick and and you don't want to, you don't need to try to pick a corner in that situation. And quite frankly, full credit to how Grubauer played. As we know in hockey, there is a degree of luck and bounces. And that second one, good for him for throwing his arm out, but I mean, (laughs) just just barely hit it and, and went over the net. I mean, another... 
probably quarter of an inch higher and it just brushes his jersey and, and goes into the net. So I don't have a problem with those chances. I do think the and I've asked some people I know about this with analytics. I, I, I'm still not a huge fan of the expected goal stats. I, I feel like I understand it. I, I feel like that is, I mean, I think I understand that that is based on, okay, you know what, a, a guy's, he's he's hit four balls to the warning track in the largest outfield in the league. When he gets to a regular size stadium, those are going to be four. Home, you know, I, I, I get it. Um, but I think it only gets you so far if you're, if you're constantly talking about expected goals, you know, week after week, month after month, then I do think there's a point like, okay, we have to ask why those, why those pucks aren't going in, whether it's Puliyarvi or anybody else. That's more of a general comment on expected goals as a stat than just on Puliyarvi. Yeah, and hey, you look at the roster, and the fact of the matter is, production-wise, Puliyarvi is their best right winger and has been this season. Thirty-four points, thirteen goals, and thirty-four points across fifty-nine games. Kyler Yamamoto by contrast he's got five more goals but he's taken 13 more games to do it and he's only got one more point so you know i i don't want people to get the wrong idea here and say in i i understand what jesse does positively to impact this team i just think that when you watch those missed opportunities and dead red in the slot and he's either on his knee or his belly or he's fallen over or something i wonder if you just figured out how to stay stable and maybe pick a corner a little bit better now you're talking about a 30 goal scorer not a guy who's going to kiss 20 maybe in a good season you'd be talking about a 30 goal scorer right well and i think but again i mean i i I try to look at things from the most positive angle possible if if you can and we're talking about this in the context of the Oilers on a great run winning a lot of games uh able to you know win a couple high scoring games when they needed the goals able to stay with teams in in lower scoring games and and grind it out and you know win in overtime or get get a point in overtime like Colorado or go in and 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 beat Los Angeles and and hang in there so I, I think a lot of the discussion now around the Oilers is they're, they're v- very likely going to be in the playoffs unless they go one and eight or something like that, or, you know, they'd have to do really bad down the stretch. So I, I think a lot of the discussion is what, what do they need to make those extra one or two plays a game in the postseason? Cause I mean, that's what it comes down to right in, in the playoffs. Yeah. It's, it's when you have those little moments, can you capitalize? Can your goalie make the save? Can your defenseman stop a two on one or a three on one? Uh, so I think that's how I look at the conversation about Pugliarvi, uh, about Yamamoto, about Fogel, even, um, about McLeod. So after that first tier of scores for the Oilers, if you're in a, a, a 1-1 game with 10 minutes left in the third period, can someone earn an opportunity and finish it other than McDavid or Dreisaitl or in overtime, right? I mean, the Oilers lost three overtime games last year to the Winnipeg Jets, um, you, you know, and you didn't really feel anybody else was going to score except for one of the th- the three big guys. So, that to me, that 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 factors into the discussion about we, we've talked about goaltending all year. Now the Oilers look like a playoff team, and this is something I've said: when you get into the playoffs, uh, is having the fifteenth best goaltending in the NHL good enough? Because now you're not fifteen out of thirty-two; you're fifteen out of sixteen, right? Or maybe you're fourteen out of out of sixteen. So. The, but but to me I, I, again, I think that's a positive discussion. They got nine more games to still grow, uh, and and they should have an opportunity in the postseason to to try to make those one or two extra plays a game. I mean, it, it's fun. 
And nine more games, Reed, to figure out which goaltender may get the nod or at least to get a better idea of how that may break down in the playoffs because we know this team's at its best when they're basically, you know, in a 60-40 split one way or the other. I suppose my question to you is, is Mike Smith's puck handling enough to separate himself as the game one starter when they're both playing like this? I think probably if if stopping the puck is equal, then I think they'll go with Smith Be, because of his puck handling and because of his uh, energetic play that I think does rub off on the team at times. Not, not that, I mean, they, they still play hard for Koskinen, but there's that certain almost frenzied energy about Smith that seems to fire everybody up to some extent. I, I, I think if the if the puck stopping is equal the rest of the way, Smith starts game one. If the puck stopping is in Koskinen's favor, then I think you have to go with Koskinen because ultimately a goalie's first job is to is to stop the puck. It's it's a weird situation. I'm not sure would there be any other of the 16 teams that don't already know who their goaltender is going to be when they get into game one of the playoffs. Uh, you might be hard-pressed to find Yeah, they get one off the top of my head. So yeah. that is a unique situation. It's not always a, a great situation, but at least now it's... It's a competition of competence and not a we're forced to put someone in. Yeah, pick <laughs> type your situation. Yeah, pick so hopefully your that stays stays that way for the rest of the nine games. Yeah, exactly. So a couple of uh, road games here, and then they get the matinee at home against Vegas, which is going to be a big game points wise. Maybe you can put the final nail in Vegas's coffin at that point. But before that, what are you looking for in these two road games here to uh, see the success of late continue for Edmonton? Well, I, you know, Minnesota has been a tough out for the Oilers. They're they're quick. They obviously uh, made the addition in, in goal at the deadline. They're they're fighting with St. Louis for for second place in their division, like the Oilers have been fighting for St. Louis uh, in theirs. I, I think they're a very well rounded team. I think they play with a lot of pace. And uh, you know, what were the scores before? One game was seven three. I guess maybe the Oilers were a little wiped out for that game. I think the other game was four one or something like that. I'm going back to yeah four one for Minnesota in December. So kind of games the Wild were able to handle the Oilers fairly convincingly. So just see if the Oilers can again play a patient game, limit the chances, you know, do things to take away Kaprizov and some of the speedy players on the Wild, and then. Uh, you know, with Nashville, I mean, obviously the defensive end is a priority, but also how how well can you attack against Nashville? Um, you, you know, they they got one of the top defensemen. But again, I've been touting Yossi as the Hart Trophy this year. To me, he's the top player in the league this season and a good goaltender as well. So against Nashville, keep up the checking, keep up the defensive play. Um, but do you have the depth up front to generate enough goals to win that game? Two good challenges ahead. Yeah, looking forward to it, Reed. What's on your show tonight? Kelly Rudy's on tonight. Uh, I believe we are going to connect with Carter Savoy. So uh, we'll see what time we uh, work that out. And, uh, yeah, we'll see what else. I'm sure I'll talk more about Pliarvi. Have some audio from practice today and probably a little bit on the Masters as well. Sounds good, Reed. Appreciate you jumping on with me. See ya. Reed Wilkins from Inside Sports and the Oilers Radio Network. Brendan Escott in on Oilers Now this afternoon. We're back after a quick timeout. Bob is back tomorrow to tee up the Oilers and Minnesota Wilds from the Twin Cities. Right now, I'm with you for another 35 minutes or so. We'll wrap it up with Bakersfield Condors head coach Colin Chalk. He uh, had the Condors in Colorado over the weekend. 
and they won the first, no, they dropped the first game, won the second one, 6-5. Goaltender Ryan Fanti, remember they just signed him a couple of weeks ago, the Oilers did. He picked up his first career professional win, so we'll get some thoughts uh, from the coach on the goaltending situation. Stuart Skinner uh, got the break. He started on Friday and uh, and ended up taking the loss, so uh, maybe some fatigue catching up with the youngster there all and getting him ready to be a bigger part of Edmonton's goaltending picture next year. You've got to figure. You can keep the text coming, 780-496-0063, the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Get the new floors you've always wanted at Ashley Fine Floors, 143rd Street, 111th Avenue, open Monday to Saturday. Japanese Village is open to serve you at any one of their five Edmonton and area locations featuring Alberta's own Brant Lake Wagyu. Visit uh, jvedmonton.ca. And a reminder that cars cost less in Wetaskiwin. And with the price of gas, my goodness, you know you want your vehicle to cost a little bit less. Brent Ridge Ford and Wetaskiwin are now 11-time President Award winners for customer satisfaction. It's a tremendous honor for the staff. And Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, and the gang are dedicated to ensuring your customer service experience is outstanding. Reach out to Brent Ridge Ford at one 477 ford That's uh, 477-3673. Or visit brentridge.com. Once again, we'll head down to the farm and check in on the condors after a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.